Well, I'd like to turn, we've talked already, I think we brought some references to the wonderful book of the Psalms. And I'd like us this morning to open and bring your own Bibles. I trust you have one, and some of these verses will be shown on the screen. But if you have your own Bible, please do that. It brings it so much home to your own lives. In the Psalms 107 is what I'd like to reference this morning. And uh, it has a wonderful picture of three groups of people, what we're going to focus on. There's so much there, but we're going to zero in on three groups of people. And they all encountered some problems. And I think as we read, and as I have read this over many times, I found myself falling into certain days in which these things are occurring in my life. And yet God is there, and he brings us out of them. And that's the good news. I want this morning for everyone to say, I've heard good news this morning. We all heard enough bad news through the week. Constantly bombarded. Bad news. No. God has good news for us this morning. And here we have before us. Psalm 107. This wonderful psalm begins by saying these words, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His loving kindness is everlasting. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And uh, I love that word because it says his loving kindness is not temporary, not occasional, not once in a blue moon, or like we had last week, uh, the red blood moon. No, everlasting. And it is for God's people. Let the people of God give thanks, for he is so good. Well, we find some folks before us this morning that have some needs. Now, this is an interesting psalm. And God brings to us, to our hearts, from their examples, what he intends to do for you and for me. That's the good news. All of us here today have had turning points in your life. Maybe big ones. Maybe life-changing turning points. Maybe just through the week you've had just minor turnabouts. But we all have these challenges, these things that we reach, that we say in our hearts at least, oh, Lord, help me. We cry out to God. For some, it might have been a time of rebellion when you were going your own way and doing your own thing, and you had nothing to do with God. For others, God was in your life, but... You leave him behind in the daily grind. Do you ever just get too busy to leave God at the doorstep when you go scooting out the door? I think we all do that. But one day you face the situation where you came back to the point and said, I can't make it on my own. I'm in trouble. Lord, help me. Peter said that a time or two, as you know, when he was drowning in the waves. I'm reminded of many encounters that my wife and I have had is we've had three children grow up in our home. Um, a few years ago, we were vacationing in the Adirondacks, and uh, they call it the Peaceful Lake, Lake Luzerne, beautiful lake. And Barb and I were out with two of our children at the time and, and enjoying uh, a beautiful uh, crossing over into the lake with a rowboat and a beautiful time there. Uh, it was a metal rowboat, by the way, and you'll find out that's a little significant. But we were out probably further from shore than we should have been, just out there enjoying the day. And suddenly, the sky blackened, uh, the wind rose up, 
The waves became very large, and we couldn't roll the, the direction we wanted to go. We said, we'd bring it back to the cabin, and we couldn't do it. The wind was, you know, contrary as the word in the Bible uses, but we found that to be true. And then came the lightning, and uh, here we are in the middle of a lake, not a good thing, and of all things, a metal boat. You know, that spells danger. And we were afraid. I want you to know. We really, that, that got our attention. We cried out to the Lord and prayed right then and there. And suddenly we noticed on the shore, not where we intended to go, but there was a cabin fairly close. And we said, let's make for that cabin. We got there, and meeting us at a dock was a kindly woman who had spotted us out in the lake, came out to meet us. And she offered us assistance. She gave us some dry clothes. He had us come in to her house, a very luxurious home, I might say, and gave us some food to eat. And very shortly, the sun came out, and we thanked her profusely, and we're on our way. Well, to this day, I give thanks to the Lord who heard our cries out there in the lake in the middle of that storm and saved us from our distress. Well, I think everyone can repeat a story, something similar to that, maybe not physically, but storms in our life, situations in which suddenly we find out, we need God, I need God, help me, Lord. And that's the good news I want to share with you this morning. Does God hear those, those cries? Is his ear open to your cry? Some of you are crying this morning, crying out to him for help. Or this coming week, I know that there will be situations that, that meet us head on. And we cry out, Lord, I don't know where this came from, but I need help. I can't make it on my own. And here's the story that God has for you today. I will redeem you as my people and bring you out of that distress. God is always ready to hear and respond to the sincere cry of his own children when we turn to him. Jesus, the Lord, stands as an intercessor with an ear turned in our direction. The Bible says that even when we call upon him when we were still a sinner, even before we knew him, even when we stumble and fall as Christians, Whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And listen to what Hebrews says. And this certainly is true for you as the family of God, as believers. I'm referencing right now Hebrews chapter 7, familiar verse, love this verse. But he, on the other hand, this is Jesus now, he, because he abides forever, holds his priesthood permanently. Hence, he is able to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. That's good news there. If we stopped there, we'd have good news for the day. He always lives to make intercession for them. Isn't it wonderful to know that what you're going through, God is watching aware of, and he has an ear of the Father open, and Jesus, your intercessor, is saying, hey, there's my son, there's my daughter. My goodness, look what they got themselves into. Lord, let's get them out of it. They're crying out to us now. And he's bringing glory to himself when we do that. 
I love that verse of Scripture. Well, who are the folks that encountered this need in the Bible this morning, in Psalm 107? And if you can roll that up there, Brother Dave, or whoever's running the show here. <laughs> See, I got the, the sinuses dripping this morning, so I'm going to have a cough or two, but we'll take care of it. Here's a few of the folks that encountered this need uh, of God getting them out of this distress. In Psalm 107, verses 4 through 9, we see group 1. And we can call them by this name. They're the wandering folks, the ones who are wandering. Verse 4 says, They wandered in the wilderness in a desert region. They did not find a way to an inhabited city. They were hungry and thirsty, and their soul fainted within them. That's a pretty bad situation, isn't it? And as I, I read that, you know, we, we think, well, they were hungry and thirsty. All they needed, you know, was to stop at uh, the McDonald's and get a, a soft drink and a burger. Well, that's not what it's talking about here, is it? It says their soul uh, fainted within them. They were hungry on the inside. They were wandering now with, without a destination, without a hope in their lives. I don't know where I'm going in this world. I don't know how to, to live as... I know I should, but I, I'm wandering. And, and that's where their real dilemma was. They were hungry and thirsty, and their soul fainted within them. But notice verse 6. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He delivered them out of their distresses. He led them by a straight way to an inhabited city. That's the wonderful story that he, he has for you and for me this morning. There was another man in the scriptures, it says, who was wandering. Another reflection of this truth. Who else was wandering out there? Well, I, I think for a moment here in the book of Acts, we see a story of the Ethiopian, eunuch, the fellow we know by that name. And he was wandering, at least in his heart. He, he, he had a desire for God. He, he wanted to know what this eternal part of this eternal dimension that was in his heart is all about. He wants to know God personally, not as that great unknown out there somewhere in the universe, but the personal God that the people of God have, have been spoken about. And so in Acts chapter 8, verse uh, 29 and following, he's sitting in a chariot. And I'll just run through real quick. We all, I think, can remember this little story. Here he is sitting in a chariot, having been in Jerusalem, worshiping God, leaving, going back to Ethiopia, but he's still empty inside. He's still wandering. All that time spent in Jerusalem, worshiping at the temple, brought no avail to his heart. He was still lost. He was still wandering in his spirit man. And he was then met by, as the Holy Spirit made an arrangement, said to the Apostle Philip, hey, go up and talk to this man. He needs you. He needs the word. And so they began to chat in that chariot. And Philip opened up the word and said, look, what are you reading? And he said, from the book of Isaiah. And Isaiah, and Philip says, I know that book. It talks about the Messiah, Jesus, who died and rose, and he suffered for you and for me. 
And so he unveiled to him the truth of that scripture of Jesus. Verse 36 says, as they went along, uh, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You see, he got the message, didn't he? And he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, and Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. And I love this next verse. Did he leave the same person that we found him in? Does he leave still as a wandering, lost person, wondering what life is about, wondering where his part in this existence is headed? Listen to what he says here. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of God snatched Philip away, but the eunuch saw him no more, but went on his way rejoicing. He is a, he is a new man. I know where I'm going now. I know I live for God, and God lives for me. Wonderful story there. He cried out to God, didn't he, like those in the book of Acts. And God brought him out and met him. I think of another person who was wandering in their souls. How about the lady at the woman at the well? Another familiar story. Let's just visit that for a moment. In John chapter 4, we, we remember a woman who was going daily uh, to the well to draw water. Why? She was thirsty. Now, she was physically thirsty. But there was something more going on in her life than just getting water day by day to, to wash dishes and drink and what have you. And Jesus met her there and said to her, everyone who drinks of this water shall thirst again. Now, he's referencing the well that she was about to have water drawn up and, and to take. And he says, you'll have to come back again. Who, who drinks this water? You're going to have to come again and again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall become in him a well of water springing up into eternal life. You know, suddenly this met the deeper need of her life, wasn't it? Here was a, a woman of ill repute who had had several husbands still wandering in this world trying to find happiness, trying to find peace. And now she encounters Jesus who says, I have water that is a living water that will spring up in your souls. This is the water Jesus has for you, friends. This is the water of the Holy Spirit when we invite Jesus in and he fills our heart to overflowing. That's that water that Jesus is speaking of. The woman said, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or come all this way to draw here. And Jesus is so glad to do that. And he's glad to do it for you and for me too. Have you found your way in the desert wandering to the one who is called the bread of heaven? And like the woman of the well who wanted water, Jesus said, Ask of me, I will give you a well of water that springs up to eternal life. That's my cry. That's what I've asked Jesus to do. And he did as he said. Likewise, I'm sure this morning, I trust that we have said that too. And as a believer, that's what Jesus is doing this very moment. Filling us again and again with that living water, 
allowing it to flow and to give us hope and a life that we know where we're going, we know what life's all about, and we know who leads the way and where we're going. And so, as we, with those people in that first group, we can likewise say, how did they respond? Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. He is satisfied, verse 9, the thirsty soul and the hungry soul he has filled with what is good. He's filled it with himself, the presence of the living God. Well, there's another group here. Yeah, it was group one, and they had a problem, but God met their need when they cried out to him. Then there's group two. Let's take a look here at another group of people. I wonder if we find ourselves in this circumstance occasionally. There were those who dwelled in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in misery and chains. And that's a pretty dismal place, isn't it? And then verse 11 tells us the occasion. Why? Because it says they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he humbled their heart with labor. They stumbled and there was none to help. You know, I've found one truth, and God makes it clear in the New Testament, certainly tells us in the book of Hebrews. You know, when we as children wander and stray and sometimes rebel against him, and he indicates, here's the direction I want you to go, and we say, no, I have my own mind made up, I'm going in this direction. We do that. We, we all as Christians have those moments in which we come back and say, not thy will, but my will be done. Now, we're not so bold as to say it right out to his face, perhaps, but inwardly it happens, isn't it? We say, Lord, I don't care at this moment. This is what I got my mind made up to do. I want to do this. And yet, you know what? He loves us. He is saying, look, if I let you do that, you're going to get in big trouble. But it says here that he allows those things to occur to humble our hearts and to let us fall into the mud so that we, what, come back to him and know that his ways are always the best ways. Just like little children, aren't we? Why does he call us little children? <laughs> because we are. We're still growing. We're still growing in the faith. And so it says to this group who were in chains and in the shadow of death and in misery, why? Because they rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. Psh, I don't need to listen to that. I don't need to listen to that word, that Bible. I don't need that. But then it says, God humbled their heart with labor. They stumbled, it says, and there was none to help. But then what did they do? They cried out to the Lord. Lord, you got my attention. You know, he... he chastises those whom he has loved as a father chastises his own children. He's a loving father, isn't it? He knows what's best for us. And he does these things so that we cry out and say, oh God, I, I, I'm so sorry, forgive me. And we repent and we turn back to that right way again. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And what did he do? Say, you had your chance, you're out. You're done. One chance and you're out. Three strikes and you're out. No, he doesn't play baseball with us, does he? He saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of their darkness. He broke their bands apart. 
Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. I got to say amen to that. Any other ones say amen? You're okay to say amen around here, by the way. My wife used to say to our kids growing up when they were going through their teen years and they were, you know, listening to mom and dad's guidance and thought, yeah, you don't really know what's cool. And they would go out at night and mom used to say, son, daughter, be sure your sins will find you out. (laughs) Right, Barb? (laughs) And the next day when they came in all beat up and weary, you're right, mom. Well, God does the same thing as a wonderful heavenly parent for us. He humbled their heart with labor. There was no one to help, but then they cried out to the Lord. You know, there's another couple of men that were in a a very dire need one day. Uh, In fact, if we look at the New Testament book of Luke, we, we hear about these two. In fact, when Jesus was nailed on the cross there were two others that were being crucified next to him. One on his right and the other on his left. I think we all can remember that, that story. In fact, in John, excuse me, in Luke chapter 23. And it says, one of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him, at Jesus. You know, here he's, he's dying because he was a murderer and a thief, and he's hurling abuse at Jesus. And he said, if you're the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other thief, uh, the other murderer that was next to Jesus, had had a different thing going on in his life, in his heart. You know, he was looking back at the years he had spent and rebelling against the truth of God and and how he turned his back and walked away and did his own thing. And uh, his heart now was softened and changed. And he says, rebuking the first thief, do you not even fear God since you're under the same sentence of condemnation? We indeed justly, for we're receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man, this Jesus, has done nothing wrong. And he was saying to him, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. You know, he cried out to the Lord, didn't he? The first thief did not cry out. He died in his sins, horrible death, eternal death. This other thief died once, but to live again. And Jesus said to him, and he says to you and to me, truly I say to you today, you shall be with me in paradise. The wonderful promise that God has for you and for me today, even though we rebel, and even though we have turned our back, God has forgiveness for us and gives us that call to life eternal in him. He saved them out of their distresses in the shadow of death, says the psalm. There's one last group that I'd like to take a look at for a moment here. And this one kind of strikes home a lot. I look at this and I thought, oh dear Lord, you know, so often this is how we live our lives. Verse 23 Okay, we're down to verse 23 and following. Talks about another group of people. It says, those who go down to the sea in ships who do their business on great waters. Now, it's zeroing in on one particular profession here. They're mariners. 
Uh, they make their living, you know, going out in the boats. Now, they may be commercial fishermen, uh, or they might be like uh, the deadliest catch folks out there crabbing, or maybe they operate lake freighters, or maybe they operate oil tankers. Uh, but th that's not the point. The point is that they're out there uh, doing their job, doing their daily routine, conducting their business. So out they go again. Yeah, we've been out here before. We'll do it again. Let's, uh, let's get our hands to the work. And then it says, They have seen the works of the Lord and his wonders to the deep. For he spoke and raised up a stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They rose up to the heavens. They went down to the depths. Suddenly they find this is not a day as usual. Suddenly now they find this little journey we're going out here transporting these goods, this oil freighter, or going out to get another catch of fish, isn't going to turn out too well because we're in a storm. We're in a big storm. It says the waves are as big as going up to high to, as high as heaven and down to the depths. I, I heard, the, what is it, the, the El Rio, that boat that is now still missing uh, in the storm, at, uh, in the hurricane down the Bermudas? I don't know if they, they found it just recently, but... Uh, they're out there, and they said the waves were 30 to 40 feet in height, peak to peak. Can you imagine that, peak to, to valley? Uh, th that is huge. And here they are out there. This is this, folks. Now, they rose up to the heavens, says the, describing the waves, and they went down to the depths. Their soul, seasoned mariners now, they've made their living out there in the sea. It says their soul melted away in their misery. They reeled and staggered like drunken men. They were at their wits' end. You ever been at your wits' end? Everything is going sour. Everything has gone south in your life. Everything you'd hoped for the best has gone the other direction. Well, we all go there from time to time. I remember one of the lessons that I learned on this truth, and uh, I, I served as a maintenance uh, supervisor for, for 37 years in a steel mill. And uh, I knew that as soon as that day began, there's going to be problems coming in, in galore. And there's going to be men up there upset, and they, they want this and that, and I've got to take care of my boys, as I used to call them. You're my boys. And, and so every day before I'd leave my office and go out there into the, into the battle, I'd get on my knees and say, Lord Jesus, I'm living for you today. I'm just giving my life in this day to you and asking him to take charge of this day. I learned that, and God did that day after day because I realized if I go out there in my strength and say business as usual, leaving God back there in the office, don't need you today, Lord. I'll take it by myself. Thank you very much. I would come into ruin, and I would make a mess of things. You ever try fixing your car? a simple job with your wrenches, and you forget to ask God to help you out. Broken bolts, broken studs, things don't go well. Well, here, here they are now. And so now the depths of the sea, huge waves, ready to crash their boat to smithereens. Verse 28, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He caused the storm to be still, so that the waves of the sea were hushed. 
And then they were glad because they were quiet, so he guided them to their desired haven. You know, there's the wonderful truth that we're reading this morning that I, I want to bring home to your heart's lives this morning. We all go out into the seas. We all go about our business. We're teachers. We're laborers. We go into the factory places. We go into the farm markets. We, we go out in the fields. We go into the classrooms. We're all out there busy, busy, busy. Let's get the work done. Let's roll our sleeves up and get at it. But don't leave Jesus behind. You know, don't leave him you know, at the doorstep when you walk out the door. And, and they, we find out that God, for our, our own sake, because he loves us so much, allows these turmoils to erupt so that we cry out to Simmons and, and say, Lord, I need thee every moment. I need thee every moment. I'm trusting in you to bring me through to safe haven. And he did. He and he did that thing. You know, God, again, had, I'm getting close to, to closing here, but I, I just have another wonderful illustration of this truth. Who else was out there in the sea one day, and they fished all night, and they came back, and they were tired, and, and their muscles ached, their feet hurt, and they had no fish at all, and there on the beach was a stranger. They didn't recognize him at first. John 21, you know, tells us about this. Jesus is there greeting them, and he says to them, children, don't you have any fish? And they simply say, no. Well, I think they're being very polite, because if they really wanted to let their hearts be made known, they say, no, we don't have any fish. And I think they're pretty angry about the whole thing. You know, so here's the disciples coming back empty-handed. But Jesus says to them, cast your nets one more time into the other side. Cast your nets one more time. And they said, look, we've, we've just folded our nets up. We're, we're tired. We're weary. We, we need sleep. My feet are killing me. My muscles are aching. All right. If, if Jesus, if you're saying that, we'll do it. And we know the story. They cast their nets one more time, and it was so filled with fish, they could barely bring it in, and the nets nearly broke. You know, Jesus, when we cry out to him, he knows the troubles we're in, but he knows how to rescue us and to bring us to that safe haven. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, says the psalm, and he saved them out of all their distresses. He caused the storm to be still and the waves to be hushed and guided them to their desired havens. And God wants that for each one of us this morning. God wants to bless you in your job, in your school, in your studies, in your handiwork, in your labors. Let us give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness as we include him moment by moment in every activity of every waking hour. When we go to bed at night and we lay our heads down to rest, thanking him for a good night of sleep, when we get up in the morning, the first thing we do, Lord, this is your day. To the glory of God, I'm going out there, and I'm going to make bread, I'm going to pound nails, I'm going to plant seed, whatever it is, to your glory, because you're going with me, and I want your blessing upon my day. That's what the psalm has for us today, and I, I want us just to give thanks as that psalm began. I want us to likewise join in that chorus as God's people said, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good for his loving kindness is everlasting. 
Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. Amen. And Father, how thankful we are this morning that you don't leave us in our time of need. You don't leave us, Lord, in those prison chains, in that place of misery, in that place of wandering, in that place of things, business as usual, and then suddenly it goes awry. You don't leave us there because, oh God, how blessed we are when we find ourselves in that time of need and we cry out to you, your ear is open to our cry. And so thank you, Father, that you have a constant openness to the cries of your children. And Lord, when we do get ourselves into this point of, of rebellion, we turn back to you, we repent, we confess. Lord, thank you that your ear is open and your mercies are new every morning. Thank you, Father, for blessing your people, giving us the word of encouragement today as we go back to our homes and our families and the places that you send us. Lord, with confidence, with hope that God's going with us and we're going with him and we're a team and God's going to do great and mighty things in every life represented here today who loves you and is serving you.